0: Today, we're going to go into Session 79, Laws One, received February 24, 1982. This session was actually received just five days after the previous Session 78, which was really, really long, and this is also a very long session, although, interestingly to me, uh, the first half of the session or so, Ra gives very, very short answers to Don, but uh, almost like saying, you, you know all this stuff already, let's move to something else, or um, this line of questioning um, doesn't take us um, further, it, it, it's, no, it was a little strange to me to see so many short answers from Ra, but it wasn't a problem with Carla's condition, uh, at least in the start. So anyway, let's go on, it's a long session. Uh, but I don't think we're going to need four weeks like we did with with 78. 790, the greeting. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. And as always, Don's first question is about Carla. Could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Ra said, it is as previously stated, which means it's stable. Not not robust or um, dangerous. the instrument, Carla, would like to ask, is there any danger in receiving too much transferred energy with the instrument in her present condition? Ross said no, and we'll see what this means in terms of transferred energy. It actually had to do, I think, with sexual energy transfer. 79.3, she would also ask or like to ask if the very large energy transfer of last session was a sexual transfer in total, Ross said, this is correct. Now, I'm not sure. There's Obviously, they're not having sex during the raw sessions. So it's a sexual transfer maybe that led to the last session, 78 being so long. But it, there was obviously large sexual energy transfer occurring, which I think was with Jim. And so... Uh, that was very supportive of her health and the ability to have these long sessions with Ra. 79.4, Ra explains, Don S., in that case, she would like to know the function of the energy transfer during the session. <clears throat> it means the, how, that, how sexual energy transfer uh, mm, uh, increased energy levels are used in sessions. Ra said, the function of this energy transfer is a most helpful one in that it serves to strengthen the shuttle through which the in-streaming contact is received. The contact itself, meaning with Ra, will monitor the condition of the instrument and cease communication when the distortions of the instrument begin to fluctuate towards the distortions of weakness or pain. However, while the contact is ongoing, The strength of the channel through which this contact flows may be aided by the energy transfer of which you spoke. And so, it's helpful, and this is something, this is associated with green ray sexual energy transfer. Loving sexuality. When there's loving sexuality uh, between male and female, there is a transfer of energy associated with the polarized bodies. And... There is, in some sense, a transfer of physical vital from male to female and mental, emotional, spiritual from female to male. From, so the, the male gives what is in surfeit or excess or abundance, which is physical vital. The female gives what's surfeit, excess or abundance, which is mental, emotional, spiritual, which can be sent, sensed as um, intuitive for the male, meaning um, the woman as muse. Or inspirational source for for male and um, the man as vital or physical energy strengthening for woman and the transfer happens because of uh, the fact that the bodies are uh, electromagnetically polarized male female gender and because of um, the nature of their consciousness which is green ray and above or sufficiently clear in the lower triad 1, 2, 3 and or vac- vibrating green ray love, 4th ray and above and interestingly um, it it strengthens for Carla in the case of her usage of the sexual green ray transfer energy transferred to her for sex with Jim I guess uh, its use in the session, Ross said, is to strengthen the shuttle through which in-streaming contact received the shuttle has gotta be, I think, you know, Crown Chakra or the shuttle, you know, the gateway to Intelligent Infinity six and seven, six ray, seventh ray. And that's the link perhaps between four and seven. Rod said that the primary chakras, primary centers are one three five, but the basic seem to be one four seven. And so there's a link between um, first second first chakra, fourth and seventh that is inbuilt um, in the, the structuring of light into the seven rays by the Logos uh, in which uh, love is vitalizing or strengthening to body and love uh, transfer or love in general also helps um, awaken spiritual insight and the channel to higher self and that's its relation from four to seven and so love is the center of the, the, the spherical seven rays. If we look at seven rays like a sphere, the, the heart or the pith is fourth ray, and the, the seven-one chakra band is uh, circumferential, we can say. But there's a critical link between one, four, and seven uh, that is strengthened by green-ray loving sexuality. Uh, and that's very interesting. And Ross saying this, yes, of course, they monitor her condition, they stop communication when she's either too weak or too much in pain, uh, but the contact is ongoing or the contact stream continues uh, through some channel. And I think that it's really um, the gateway to Intelligent Infinity 6 and 7 uh that allows uh, contact or is the, the, the streaming the vessel, the, you know the, the passageway through the streaming, which is assisted by sexual energy transfer. So that's pretty clear. 795, Don says, we've been ending our banishing ritual prior to the session here by a gesture that relieves us of the magical personality. I was just wondering if we should maintain this or omit that gesture so as to maintain the magical personality while performing the Circle of One, and then only relinquish the magical personality either after that has formed or after the session, which, which would be more appropriate. And um, I'm no expert on white magic, but of the, before the sessions with Ra uh, through Carla. First, it seems they're doing a banishing ritual is to purify the space uh, magically so that negative entities uh, stay away. Then they're um, ending that, or they had been, by a gesture that relieves them of magical personality, which is uh, decloaking or taking off the the robe of Atman, uh, because the magical personality is, is akin to higher self. It's somehow... It's a a space-time, 3D space-time manifestation of higher self, uh, uh, kind of taken upon oneself by mental, spiritual, magical uh, visualization ritual. And it's very similar, actually, to Tibetan Buddhist uh, visualization, deity, deity meditation visualizations, In which the meditator becomes the deity or takes upon itself um, the qualities of the deity in the meditation or after some uh, abhishekas and initiations and Tibetan rituals involve deity visualization and then taking upon oneself that which is very similar to this Uh, and they are magical too Um, and Don is wondering should they keep this um, Garb this this sort of um, there's a word for it I'm not finding, but uh, this sort of uh, s- sh- covered covering of the self, the, this visualized uh, clothing oneself in magical personality, throughout the next phase of walking the circle of one and then the session itself or not, what to do? And Ra explains uh, from a high magical understanding. 79. 5. The practice of magical workings demands the most rigorous honesty. If your estimate of your ability is that you can sustain the magical personality throughout this working, it is well. As long as you have some doubt, it is inadvisable. In any case, it is appropriate for this instrument to return its magical personality rather than carry this persona into the trance state for it does not have the requisite magical skill to function in this circumstance and would be far more vulnerable than if the waking personality is offered as channel. This working is indeed magical in nature in the basic sense. However, it is inappropriate to move more quickly than one's feet may walk. And that's um, an important principle um, in, in life um, called wise you know, wisdom in movement. Uh, the wisdom of appropriate speed and um, forward movement. Uh, The tortoise and the hare, right? The tortoise, slow and steady, won the race, and the hare, uh, rapid and speedy, uh, stopped midway. If one tries to go faster than one is capable of, one may crash and burn or get into trouble, while the one that takes it slow, May uh, never fall, and um, you know, find success without crisis. So it's important. So the pra- pra- practice of magical workings demands the most honest, uh, rigorous honesty, because of the power involved um, in magic itself, white and black. Uh, we can say also that uh, self-understanding, or self-healing, spiritual self-healing, spiritual self. Helping uh, demands um, rigorous honesty. Uh, It's a matter of how well you want to do it. In the case of magic, one can really hurt oneself strongly, and hurt others strongly, and take upon oneself serious karmic um, liability. So it's like driving in in the fast lane way over the speed limit. Uh, You can either get to a destination quickly, uh, or crash and burn and so but but it anything on the spiritual path to be well done requires or demands or ought to come from uh, most rigorous honesty, most rigorous honesty in realizing why I am in this condition, uh, why these difficulties face me, I face them why uh what how I created these troubles, and how I can solve them, and how I can help someone too so or how am i doing. So most rigorous honesty in my view is super important. Um and the person who is really committed to rigorous honesty that's called loving truth, right? How much do you love truth? There's a quote that i uh, that's all over the web here and there. Uh how much do you love the truth is how are how willing are we to be rigorous in our honesty? Uh the more We're committed to that honesty, uh, the more well many things will be understood, obviously, obviously, and then can be performed and uh, achieved. Then, in this case, uh, without getting too far into it, um, one ought to estimate one's ability carefully to determine how long one may sustain magical personality uh, through phases of working from Banishing Ritual to Circle of One to the Session itself, Uh, first Ra's addressing Don, then Ra's addressing Carla, and saying that uh, as long as he has some doubt, it's inadvisable, which is another principle. If you're not sure, uh, perhaps you shouldn't act. Don't act until you're sure, or if, in some cases, you have to act as a time element, but when there's no time element, Uh, and one is aware, one is unclear and unsure and in doubt about something or other, it's often (laughs) advisable to stop and wait and look and uh, ponder before action. Uh, In the case of Carla, who I didn't realize here, and I don't even know if she was entering her magical personality in trance or before or having to do with the Circle of One or the banishing ritual, it's not clear to me that Carla ever was invoking and, and garbing herself in magical personality, but Ra's saying um, it's uh, for her, whether or not she's doing it, she ought not to be taking on magical personality rather than carry the persona or um, uh, remain clothed in the magical personality uh, atmanic uh, manifestation during the channeling. And so saying that she didn't have the, the required magical skill to function as a channel <laughs> using higher self, uh, you know, garbed in the persona of magical personality, and then would be far more vulnerable without that skill than if she didn't go magical or take on magical personality. And so that's another point. Uh, if one does walk more quickly than one's feet, have capacity or one's legs and mind has skill in the in the uh, movement uh, one becomes more vulnerable and so there's a saying in Buddhism Trungpa talked about this something like uh, if you're not gonna go all the way it's better not to start and not going all the way means dropping uh, your practice in the middle or starting deep psychotherapy or deep meditation yogic practice and not having a commitment to go through troubles all the way, but giving up midway. Uh, one may, may end up far worse condition. Ross saying she would be far more vulnerable if she, um, improperly or, um, without skill and ability, with Tao took on magical personality uh, during the channeling. Or if Don and Jim, let's say, kept it during the sessions as well. And so one can hurt oneself more by starting and stopping midway, or by taking on a power one can't use carefully, or going too fast, or being impatient or acting without uh, surety uh so spiritual path is serious matter and that's also one reason that many uh, advanced practices are not given publicly or they're not given um to uh, students uh for a while um but vipassana or anapanasati mindfulness of breath buddhist practice Um, is not actually uh, dangerous because one um, one opens to power uh, and power circulates only in accord with clearance of lower triad blockage Uh, it's not a fast path, it's in fact very slow and um, Tibetan Buddhists who um, consider themselves, their path superior to the other yanas, the Thera, uh, hinayana mahayana vajrayana in buddhism for anybody who knows about this uh, you consider uh, va- uh hinayana small vehicle or Theravadin polytext, text, early buddhism like walking uh the stairs uh to from the floor to the to the top level and mahayana like taking the elevator and vajrayana like taking a rocket or uh you know <laughs> In instantaneous time travel, but there's far more danger in a fast path uh, because lower chakra blockages will lead to a lot of trouble. So beware. Beware the fast path, easy, so called easy way. 79.6, Don goes on, I'd like to question about the third density experience of those just prior to the original extension of the first distortion, law of free will, to the sublogoi, meaning solar creators. To create the split of polarity, meaning the two paths in the octaves. Can you describe the, in general, the differences between the third density experience of these mind-body-spirits, they're actually non mind-body-spirits, because they weren't complex yet, and the ones who have evolved upon this planet, in particular Earth, which are called mind-body-spirit complexes. It's the complexity that is um, the result of the veiling. So uh the ones that have evolved upon this planet in particular and this experience that we experience now. <laughs> and Ra says, this material has been previously covered. Please query for specific interest. So Ra is not interested in saying what repeating themselves. And um true teachers are often like that. They really don't like to repeat themselves. And uh that's what I found. But uh this is the discussion we had before, the extension of the Law of Free Will uh, from Galactic Logos to Solar Logos or the establishment of distinct Solar Logoi, Sub-Logoi from Galactic Logoi um, by an extension of the Law of Free Will in uh, leading to the Galactic Logos now called Solar Logos This now the differentiation of a galactic Logos into what we call sub-Logos or solar Logos, uh, changing, uh, modifying the laws of light so as to modify conditions in the seven-dimensional octaves of their solar systems so as to establish a veil in 3D space-time mind. That's what's going on. And the the... Solar logos is simply a differentiated is a is a galactic logos who's um differentiating um conditions of light in its octave. And then we come to in third density, pre being called mind body spirit, and post veil being called mind body spirit complex, what's the difference? And Ra covered it already somewhat. Um certainly there was no Confusion, <laughs> but there was also a little will to evolve uh, before the veil. Don furthers it, 797 says specifically, in the experience where only the service to others, polarity, and third density evolved for continued evolution into the higher densities, was the veil that is drawn with respect to previous knowledge of previous incarnations in effect for those entities? Ross says no. So You can see Don. Um, you know, has the right understand has a clear understanding, um, but is a little to me. It's a little tangled here. So, in the prevailed octaves, in third density, there does there didn't evolve a there didn't evolve the two paths of polarity. There was only the one universal way. In truth, where the entities worked hard or didn't work hard, or sought strongly or didn't. There was, no, there was no service to others polarity, it was just the path. Because there was no veil that led to two paths, you can say there was no polarity. And so you don't have to, I wouldn't use the phrase, service to other polarity, only that polarity evolved. There was no polarity, that's the point. So there wasn't a positive polarity evolving or acting or occurring, There was just the path without polarity, which is very much akin, of course, to the service to other now, but actually distinct because there was no veil. And so, yes, um, there was no veil in terms of past lives. Entities in 3D knew their past lives. Don goes on. Was the reincarnational process like the one that we experience here in which the third density body is entered and exited for numerous times during the cycle? Raw said this is correct. And um, I can't get into it now. But for any any um, metaphysical historians, um, <clears throat> one of the primary um, defeats of humanity in this three D cycle, the three D repeater, multiple groups um, based Earth humanity of the last seventy five thousand years, one of the great defeats, Parajika. In Buddhism means a real downfall loss uh, what has been I think the rejection of the reality of reincarnation rejecting that people even religionists have some kind of a very um, false confused distorted unhelpful uh, and understanding can't come from it view of um, single mono incarnational spiritual view mono-incarnational, one-una-incarnational, there's one life, and whether you do good or do bad, or join this church or don't, you either go to heaven or hell forever. This is uh, unbelievably mistaken, and um, it seems generally only Hindus and Buddhists know the score that we're talking about something akin to entering and exiting or uh, inhabiting and disinhabiting uh, 3D physical bodies repeatedly, until one uh, develops sufficiently to not need this experience in this body, um, that humanity pretty universally rejects that reincarnation, reality uh, of reincarnation, is a major defeat and downfall for the well-being and progress of uh, souls here, in my view. 79.9 is it possible to give a time of incarnation with respect to our years, and would you do so if it is? Ross said, The uh, optimal incarnative period is somewhere close to a measure you call a millennium, thousand years. This is, as you may say, a constant, regardless of other factors of the through-density experience. And so, uh, that is the standard length of, of 3D incarnation uh, for beings in this at this dimensional level uh, on this planet, it may be on many planets and Ra had explained this um, 900 year lifespan in session 20 and 21 if anybody wants to uh, look into it uh, here's a link uh, Law of One dot info search results for the the word nine hundred nine dash hundred Ross saying at the beginning of this particular portion at the beginning 75,000 years ago uh, 20 the, the session 20 question 12 Ross said basically at the beginning uh, of the 3d cycle on earth 75,000 years ago the average lifetime was approximately 900 years why um, It's basically the, you know, what's appropriate given catalyst and and the rate of learning expected or normal um, for progression through third density in this octave. And so, even on planet Earth, lifetime's uh, incarnational lifespan was uh, 900 years at the start, which is akin to probably how it was uh, without the veil for mind-body-spirits, third-density beings in... Uh, octaves uh, not yet veiled by solar logi. and that's <clears throat> interesting so you can see we're down to ni- we're 90% down humanity is 90% lost the optimal lifespan so that'll just show you how distorted things are here actually and lifespan length is surely a measure of efficiency of catalyst usage how well persons lear- you're using their life experience for learning how well they're learning. And that's traditionally why elders in communities are respected, because any soul who gets to be an elder, you know, 80 to 120 years old, uh, must be doing something right, in general. (laughs) Not always, but often, uh, they are polarized. And they're well polarized, maybe positive or negative. And that's why they're looked to for guidance. The elder who gets to an, an aged condition is one who may well be using catalysts more efficiently, meaning learning from life, meaning one with wisdom. But they may be positive or negative. 79.10, Don goes on. Then prior to the first extension of, of the first distortion, meaning the extension of the law of free will, to, a, to what becomes a solar logoi, putting, putting a veil in 3D space-time mind experience, The veil prior to that first extension or extension of the first distortion, the veil or loss of awareness did not occur of past lives. Then does from this, I will make the assumption that this veil or loss of remembering consciously that which occurred before the incarnation was the primary tool for extending the first distortion. Is this correct? Ross said, your correctness is limited. This was the first tool. Yeah, I don't know why Don... Don jumps to big sweeping conclusions often but the loss of remembering past lives obviously uh, was a tool um was it a tool or was it a consequence of veiling in mind it doesn't I'm not sure how it's a tool but it's a consequence obviously it may have been the first um consequence of the veiling in mind in that entities forgot the past. And, I mean, how well do you remember what you were doing two years ago? Like, let alone two lifetimes ago. <clears throat> so the, 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 there's there's no doubt about reincarnation without the veil. When there's a veil, we have uh, something like the present condition on Earth where most people don't believe reincarnation. They think it's just a fairy tale. So <clears throat> it certainly... Um, is associated with this uh, extension, the first distortion or veiling, and has many, many consequences Don 7911 extends it and says, then from that statement I assume that the Logos contemplating a mechanism to become what it was not first devised the tool of separating the unconscious from the conscious during what we call physical incarnation to achieve its objective. Is this correct? Ross said Yes. Don's thinking is quite rigid, but um, I mean, there there are lots of subtle mm, loosenings, I think, that are needed. The Logos doesn't become what it is not. The Logos appears as it is not. Uh, Or entities uh, have the experience of being what they are not, meaning being complex. Being two, not one. And this Tool. I don't know the tool of separating unconscious from the conscious. It's not a separation. It's a curtaining. It's a veiling through which conscious awareness, the five perceptionals, the, pers- the 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 six senses of five of body, one of mind, um simply, um, simply um meet a a cloud or an obscuration or a veil in peering. Uh, in seeking knowledge, and thus uh, everything on the other side of what's um, physical, physical perceptions in the moment, and mental thoughts and feelings and process in the moment, everything beyond that is in the unconscious, or is not yet conscious, or not currently, not at that time, conscious. And the the means by which the conscious mind through perception may know that which is beyond the co- the present moment. Uh, that the process is curtained, or the, the 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 vision is obscured, the the seeing or the perceptual contact is obscured. That's all. It's not separated. So, uh, and um, this this so this distinction, this uh, apparent separation or curtaining between unconscious and conscious, is, is the way of veiling. 79.12, then from that statement, Don says, I also assume that many other tools were worth, were, were conceived and used <clears throat> after the first tool of the so-called veil. This is correct. Ross said there have been refinements. Now, <laughs> the veil is the tool, or uh, curtaining between subconscious and conscious is the first tool, What's the tool? What's the process? Uh, it's all veiling. And um, the veiling is experience. in my view, it, it's, it's a veiling of mind with the result that there is something we call unconscious or much, much that can be known is not uh, readily available to the conscious mind. That looking through a glass darkly or uh, living in the cave, Plato's cave seeing shadows of real form only um, that's the experience of a veiled mind. And then there have been refinements that uh, are associated with the veiling. 7913 uh, Don is moving towards the relationship between the this veiling process, and the f- the formation of the archetypical mind, and particularly the number of nodal points in each cycle, mind-body-spirit, moving from 3 to 7. And therefore, the archetype's going from uh, 9 before the veil to 22, 777 plus 1 after the veil. 79.13, Don says... The archetypical mind of the Logos, prior to this experiment, in extension of the first distortion then, was what I would consider to be less complex than it is now, possibly containing fewer archetypes, is this correct? And the archetypical mind of the Logos really means the mind, the the deep mind of 3D uh, beings, the deep mind complex, or the deep mind configuration of 3D beings, in pre-veiled and post-veiled octaves. So, it's not exactly the... you can say it's the archetypical mind of the Logos, but it's a 3D phenomena. In fourth and higher densities, we don't have the same deep mind or the same archetypical uh, configuration. Anyway, Carla was in pain and Ross said, we must ask your patience. We perceive a sudden flare of the distortion known as pain, in this instrument's left arm and manual appendage please do not touch this instrument we shall examine the mind complex and attempt to reposition the limb so that the working may continue then please repeat the query so although she had a lot of transferred energy there was a pain flare she was, you know, she had real physical challenges for a long, long time two minute pause Ra goes on, we may proceed Don says, thank you And 7914 goes on, prior to the experiment, to extend the first distortion, how many archetypes were there for the creation of the Logos at that time? The creation of the Logos at that time, 3D mind archetypes. There were nine. Don goes on, nine archetypes. I will guess that those nine were three of mind, three of body, three of spirit. Is it correct? Yes, it's correct. Three, three, three. And so, in... Numerological cosmological sequence, the sequence of number, number sequence associated with cosmology or creation of a cosmos or creation, Uh, we surely go 137. And the 7 is dual. So it's 1372 or 137. And I did a talk on YouTube, if anybody's interested, Cosmic Numerics 1372. So surely on the way back to the 1, we progress from 7 to 3. And um, as the 7 came out of the 3, the 3 came out of the 1, <clears throat> path of return, uh, moving out of complexity back to unity, we surely go 7 back to 3, then to one Seventy i <clears throat> I'm going to guess that in the system of the Tarot, those archetypes would roughly correspond to, for the mind, the magician, emperor, and chariot is a correct. Ross said it's incorrect. So, Magician is one, uh, emperor. You know the the terms are all very poor, but magician is one. Uh, emperor is sometimes called four. That's experience of mind, and um, chariot is I think five, meaning. Uh, let me just say I have my chariot is seven, a great way. So actually, they're really one, two, and four or matrix potentiator 1, 2 and 5 and significator but then it's a little we have to go back to the typical rider weight or traditional names from Ra's name <laughs> of each archetype or each node in the sevenfold sequence right? sevenfold sequence for each cycle of mind, body, spirit their names, which are the same for each point in the sequence of seven, whether it's mind, body, spirit then the twenty. Twenty-one, twenty-two different names uh, from um, traditional, you know, like the rider weight deck. So anyway, uh, what is what were the three positions or three archetypes of mind and body and spirit before the veil? Seventy-nine, seventeen. Don says, could you tell me what they correspond to? What were the three? Ra said, the body, the mind, and the spirit, each contained and functioned under the aegis or direction of the matrix, the potentiator, and the significator. So positions 1, 2, and 5. The significator of the mind, body, and spirit is not identical to the significator of the mind, body, and spirit complexes. Ah, so the significator changed, the significator became complex. And so the, the original positions are 1, 2, 5, or the original nodes uh, associated with the, the prevailed condition of nine archetypes total were positions one, two, and five only later filled out as to three and four and six and seven. And that also <laughs> could, could generate a lot of contemplation. There was no distinction. There were no two phases of catalyst and experience. There was no distinction between reality and naming activity there was no labeling aside from knowing there was um no reification (laughs) there was no distinction between catalyst and experience catalyst being that which occurs or what we may call reality and um experience being fashioned by mind being uh naming activity so uh In Buddhism naming activity falls away on the path to awakening and before there was a veil or confusion there was no position of catalyst and experience there were no two phases in cycle of evolution of body my spirit of catalyst distinct from experience therefore there were neither where there isn't two there's not one where there's one there isn't two but even that one falls away So actually, that's why Gautama never spoke of unity, because when you really achieve non-duality, you're also beyond any suppositions or experience of unity. Unity itself is just the uh, polarized um, labeling, distinct or counterbalancing to experience of duality. So dual dual consciousness or subject-object and non-dual consciousness or um, non-objectified experiencing or reality um they're just two sides of the same uh dualism or differentiation and so true non-differentiation or non-duality is not unity it's beyond that it's the nameless and so that's why there was neither experience nor catalyst actually there was no veil there was no naming there was only real living real living without naming and that's why Ross said that in some higher dimensional EET groups there is no naming concept because they're clear enough without a veil they're not veiled or in higher densities there's no veil but they may not even have evolved with the veil in 3D uh, but they're no longer confused and so they don't need to name they live <laughs> they live they don't name and so without naming uh, without confusion there's no need to name and with a veil there's confusion and thus the establishment of both what we call a catalyst and what we call an experience the latter experience being a fashioning of the catalyst um, by the relative development of, of an entity so uh, the matrix potentiary significator one, two, five only and significator was different than it is today Don goes on, seventy nine eighteen. I now understand what you meant in the previous session by saying, to extend free will, the significator must become a complex. It seems that the significator, so he got this, it seems that the significator, position 5, has become the complex, it really has become complex. That is the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th of the mind, 10th <laughs> on the body, seventeen of the spirit is correct, Ross is incorrect, so forget it. The significator becomes complex. With that, um, in my understanding, arises the other four. The the very reality of the significator becoming complex, which makes it different than it was before it was complex, uh, gives rise to the appearance or the phenomenal, the, the illusory phenomenal... <laughs> current transitory um, experience or reality, apparent reality, of the other four positions. Catalyst, 3, experience, 4, transformation, uh, 6, and great great way, 7. So, positions 3 and 4 and 6 and 7 come into being with the complexification of the significator, as far as I understand. Ra explains that further in Don Don is right on top of it in terms of what he didn't quite get and needs, wants to get. 79.19, Could you tell me what you mean by the significator must become a-complex? Frankly, I believe Ra might have said the significator must become complex, not a-complex. But I'm not sure if he heard it right or I'm mistaken. But surely the significator becomes complex, is complexified. <clears throat> and Ra says, to be co- To be complex right not to be a complex to be complex is to consist of more than one characteristic element or concept it's heterogeneity heterogeneity not homogeneous homogenous like homogenized milk but heterogeneous milk uh-oh so you've got your floating milk solids something like that or different uh different um densities <laughs> right you've got a um the different densities of understanding you've got multi-dimensional or multi-density um, experience in mind where there's both clarity and confusion or clarity and turbidity so the significator becoming complex then has more than one characteristic element or concept This, in you know, the, the many ways the significator position 5 to me is the heart or pith of that cycle or of that uh, element of being, meaning mind, body, spirit, the essential nature of mind and body and spirit are shown by the significator position five and those archetypes, which are basically five, twelve, nineteen. So, somehow, the core, what I would say is that the core nature of mind and body and spirit becoming complex now have multiple elements. Multiple concepts, right? It's all conceptual. Multiple um, light motif or guiding motive uh, characteristic elements or core condition, core principles that are at the heart of what a mind is, and what a body is, and what a spirit is. Those energy fields of mind, body, spirit. Because we're talking about combined chakra energy fields that we're calling body, mind, spirit. Okay. We're talking about the lower portion or some vibratory range of each of the seven chakras or the seven chakras seen in a triadic way. <laughs> okay? When we're saying body, are we talking about chakras 1, 2, 3 or are we talking about seven chakras uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 in their three lower subplane levels only? Right? one point one two three, two point one two three or we're we talking about the first three chakras and the higher chakras lower subplanes only 4 5 6 seven, point one, two, 3 it's something like that but it's even more subtle so it's a combination of energy fields of the seven chakras that we're calling mind body spirit and the 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 the, the pith uh, conceptual archetypical conceptual nature of what is what we're calling body and mind and spirit complexes, or those combined chakra energy fields, now become complex in ways they weren't. In a way, it wasn't. Those com- those uh, the heart nature of what we call body or mind body spirit, um, the their principal uh, characteristic archetypical basic nature has become complex now that it wasn't when it wasn't before the veil. But we're really talking about um, uh, this is a conceptual approach to the the integrated energy fields, seven chakra energy fields that are distinct in association with what's called mind and body and spirit. So you've got to make the connection between the conceptual which is the, the nice poetic terms called my body spirit and the um the preconceptual or non-conceptual um, associated with uh, energy centers and their energy fields and some integration of the seven of them into the threefold my body spirit the threefold beingness that are is poetically described as my body spirit so it's that it's that subtle, subtle. 7920 we get to the end of today and actually this may be the last the big one for today the last exchange before we go we call it a day 7920 don uh, says i would like to try and understand the arc the archetypes of the mind of this logos prior to the extension of the first distortion mean the veiling in order to better understand that which we experience now i believe that this is a logical approach we have as you have stated the matrix the potentiator and significator this was the prevailed three archetypes of each complex or each cycle i understand the matrix as being that which is the conscious this is in terms of mind what we call the conscious mind but since it is also that from which the the mind is made i am i am at a loss to fully understand these three terms meaning matrix potentiator, and significator especially with respect to the time before there was a division between conscious and unconscious I think it is important, to to get a good understanding of these three things, meaning those three positions, one, two, five. Could you expand even more upon the matrix of the mind? No, we're just talking about the mind cycle, but Rot explained all of them. Uh, explain even more upon the matrix of the mind, the potentiator, and the significator, how how they differ, and what their relationships are, please. And Ra will now give um, the classic and I think I discussed this before but it's important the classic reply explanation of the three core archetypical nodal positions uh, that were prevail and post veil the uh, one two and five matrix potentiator and significator for each of the three cycles or um, the particular combination of chakra energy fields that we're calling mind body spirit 7920, Ra's answer. The matrix of mind is that from which all comes. It is unmoving, yet it is the activator in potentiation of all mind activity. The potentiator of the mind, card 2, is that great resource resource which may be seen as the sea, S-E-A, sea into which the consciousness dips ever deeper and more thoroughly in order to create, ideate, and become more self-conscious the significator position 5 12 19 of each or the fifth position of each mind body and spirit may be seen as a simple and unified concept the matrix of the body now we go to the second cycle the matrix of the body may be seen to be a reflection in opposites of mind that is unrestricted motion The potentiator of the body, then, is that which, being informed, regulates activity. So there's a polarity there between mind and body in terms of activity level of, or or condition, state of matrix and potentiator. Then, the matrix of the spirit is difficult to characterize since the nature of spirit is less motile. The energies and movements of the spirit are by far the most profound, yet having more close association with time space, do not have the characteristics of dynamic motion, thusly one may see the matrix uh, meaning matrix of spirit, as the deepest darkness and the potentiator of spirit as the most sudden awakening, illuminating and generative influence. This is the description of archetypes one through nine before the onset of influence of the co creator or sublogos realization of free will. So, before the veiling, um, this is the description of archetypes 1 through 9, which is all there was. And there wasn't even a choice card at the end of it, because there was no confusion necessary, uh, and there was no recognition of of a choice possible. It's like, when you're in bliss, uh, you you really can't imagine making an action uh, to move into misery. Or when you're clear, uh, you... You really don't have much support to pretend that you don't know you know so before the veiling having positions one to five matrix potentiator significator uh, when we get into the details of this we see uh, again this is just an overview introduction card one the uh, matrix of mind magician uh, which is the conscious mind is is so important <laughs> the conscious mind is really important why how it's that from which all comes it is the archetype or the um, the phenomena phenomenon called the conscious mind um, by which all all experience by which all that can be recognized is recognized by all by which all knowledge is uh, apprehended (laughs) it's all you know it's um, whatever whatever we experience appears on the screen of mind which is called the conscious mind now the conscious mind may be totally in union with the potentiator and that's called Buddha or uh, you know complete and perfect enlightenment the the Gnostic, who the the totally finished Gnostic, has you know returns to omniscience. So, when there's no conscious mind a distinction between conscious unconscious, and the seven chakra work is finished, there's omniscience. But um, that from which all comes <laughs> means there, there is no, there is nothing, um, that is experienceable or knowable, without conscious mind it all appears on in the sky of mind the uh, Chittakash. everything that we know is everything that everything that we can call anything <laughs> the basis of epistemology or knowledge uh or ontology or creation uh is the the phenomenon of a conscious mind uh having some phenomena <laughs> uh in the mind to be known so that's i think what Ra means, it's that from which all comes. Uh, And so it's quite a divine faculty. It is unmoving, yet it's the activator in potentiation of all mind activity. And so the conscious mind, like the sky, um, is unmoving. Yet um, the realm of the sky, or the the, uh, field of awareness, um, has potential for all knowing or all mind process and the potentiator um, the subconscious or unconscious uh, everything that's that's outside the conscious mind everything that's not in the sky at a, at a current time right everything that hasn't precipitated into the the mind sky the chittakash in the moment is um, a resource <laughs> is uh, the ocean you know, the sea of, um, the cloud of, of knowable things. And, um, I don't know, Augustine or somebody said that. So, the 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 field of dreams is the potentiator of mind. And the field in which it precipitates is the conscious mind, or chittakash or matrix of mind. So, potentiator of mind, these are all just nice analogies, Uh, is a resource like the sea, S.E.A., ocean into which consciousness dips ever deeper, more thoroughly in order to create, ideate, and become more self-conscious. That's the work of the conscious mind. That's the work of mind. That's what mind does on the path. That's the path of mind. (laughs) The the path is the path of mind. It's the path from veiled uh, avidya, veiling being avidya ignorance, to uh, omniscience. And uh, totality, total uh, awareness, you know, unobstructed total, totalist, totalistic awareness. But that's done through process of creation, ideation, becoming more self-conscious. So making the unconscious conscious. Jung talked about the goal of psychology, psychotherapy. That's know thyself, right? That's the the. Um, law number one that is what the path is know thyself and the truth shall set you free or um, by when you know yourself you'll know god and you'll know totality because self and creator and self and source are are one all all that that appears is um you know appearance from source and another form of totality uh, a form of totality appearing in limited form so um, everything is the dance, all all of our lives, or what we experience in mind is the result of some interplay between conscious mind and unconscious, or matrix of potentiator, um, and depth of mind, depth of personality, a deep mind, uh, verticality, um, of, you know, psychological verticality, depth, psychological maturity, all of it, wisdom, love, basically, <laughs> deep, development of 4th ray, 5th ray, 6th ray, that's all we're talking about. Uh, e, that that spiritual, psycho-spiritual maturity comes from the uh, profundity of the relation, the dance, the union, the embrace, the love between matrix and potentiator of mind. Then significator of each as a simple and unified concept, that's before the veil. And I would say again, the heart of each of the three cycles is shown in the significator position. Then for body, which is card eight, matrix of body may be seen to be reflection in opposites of mind. So body and mind shows a uh, distinct polarity whereby matrix or the basic um, undeveloped condition matrix of body is unrestricted motion, the body always busy, right? The, the cells always doing their thing, and the blood going around, and the muscles, and dot, 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 the kama (laughs) loka, the body as ever restless, and ever unrestricted, Uh, ever motion without regulation, unregulated, natural, instinctual motion, then the uh, mode of polishing or evolving body is potentiator, which then being informed or um, integrated with body form, regulates activity and that's the difference between um, you know living like an animal and living like uh, a human um, one regulates one's natural instincts and appetites and reflexes and um, the bringing of the balancing of love wisdom and the use of the bodies in its natural function use of body and natural functions that's what Rob talked about is initiation of body so that again is the interplay of matrix and potentiator, which is a nice polarity. Mind body itself is a is a is pol- are polarized fields or polarized uh, cycles, the mind cycle, body cycle, and the mind and body um, are basically our um, the vehicle and the engine uh, of spirit. Then, matrix of spirit, difficult to characterize since the nature of spirit is less motile, meaning um, less mobile or less um, fluctuating motility of sperm. Sperm motility, as they say, how the little tail wiggles on its way. So, less motile means um, less um, of less movement and um, vibration, activity, um, motion. So, uh, the matrix of spirit is less, is not that way. It's, in many ways, I've said it's really awakening and illumination. Uh, realization is very much an on-off matter. The switch is on, the room is bright, the Chittakash is bright when sixth Chakra is activated, the Chittakash is dark The mind is dark when six chakras not activated it's an on off um function spirit complex and then its influence on mind and you can actually see who's a wanderer and who's not by um the bright the the relative illumination of the face and the eyes if one can look carefully one can see relative illumination of eyes as to the degree to which the six chakras in play and one can see whether the person's a wanderer or not And, um, the eyes are either, uh, the, the, the Chittakash of the eye, the space behind the other space, the, the, the metaphysical space of the eye is either bright or not. If so, then six chakras in play. If not, that person most likely 3D native. Uh, so then energies and movements of spirit are by far most profound, the most profound yet or most profound, and yet, having close association with time-space don't have characteristics of dynamic motion, it's very much like lightning, the lightning struck tower or lightning, which was the original meaning of the card. So this is card um, 15, matrix of spirit, and then um, 16 being potentiator. So um, the potentiation of the matrix of spirit is illumination or lightning or realization you know um breakthrough uh, breakthrough of gnosis, thusly Ra goes on one can see the matrix as deepest darkness meaning spirit as um um very 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 much unknowable <laughs> it's it's not even no know- it's trans it's trans conceptual you say it's um the nature, it's above form, it's the formless realms, really. It's very much six-seven chakra. And so it's trans-mental, trans-intellectual. It's um, not the contents in the sky of mind, but the basic background, the, the degree of background illumination to the sky of mind. It's the light of the sky of mind, not the contents, but the basis of the light in whether it's day or night in the sky of mind. So, it's <clears throat> nature, the nature of that light is <laughs> beyond the the mind's conceptual conceptual ability or conceptualization so then matrix from the conscious mind's view is seen as deep at darkness and potentiator is sudden awakening, illuminating generative so fire as not only bringer of heat and light but um, that which um, sprouts seeds that which germinates. The germinative, not German, but the germinative or generative function of uh, spiritual fire, right? And so there's famous books in theosophy. Um, I forgot, Master Moria or somebody. The treatise on fire. And there's Bailey. Bailey talked about it, and then there's a whole, whole theosophical set of writings about fire. And um, anyway fire is pretty important and um, its nature is um, lightning or electricity and it really can't be understand understood by the mind but it can illumine the mind and it also leads to uh, fructification it fructifies the mind body it it leads to very profound relation relational changes permanent changes between matrix and potentiator of mind as well and that's what six chakra is all about this is a description of archetypes 1 through 9 before the onset of influence of the co creator or sublogos, realization of free will. Co creator is sublogos, solar logos, the one that did the veiling. And so, what really changed after the veiling was position 5, the significators. And next week we'll talk about that. Um, sorry, I'm talking quickly. Uh, I don't want another four hour <laughs> session here 79, like 78. But uh, I can't help myself to talk too much. 7921 is where we'll start next week. And, uh, yeah, probably (laughs) we'll take two more weeks on this. So next time, we'll pick up again uh, 7921. And it's very interesting stuff. I mean, uh, we really can get more clear on the archetypes and uh, not only how the mind or how the three cycles have changed after the veil, but um, a a very deep a deeper understanding by this different view of how we do soul evolution in third density, because we're just talking third density, but how we do soul evolution here with these sevenfold complexes of mind-body-spirit. So, They're very helpful for the adept and those seeking adeptos. Um, I hope it's been helpful to you. Thank you very much for being here. Please take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.